0: So, I pretty much waited for you to get home so you could press upload and i oh listen to it. That's funny. And I think you uploaded it at the perfect time oh, because okay. when I started playing it mm-hmm. to when it ended, I got to my destination. Oh, wow. So, wow. it was literally
1: perfect timing. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, the new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us today for our bonus episode. We are joined by Jesse, my brother, who was here uh, last week for the podcast episode on horror films. That's right, I'm back. Jesse's back. Luke, who's back? (laughs) As we begin our bonus episode, I just want to point out that I am drinking... A Ballast Point Brewing Company Sculpin IPA. Ooh, very delicious. Don't get to drink those when Joel's around. No, I know. IPA, i got to get all my IPAs in right now. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jesse? Uh, just whatever I see you had in the fridge. I believe it was um, Gold Peak. There we go. Yes, I got some Gold Peak. Yeah, delicious Gold Peak sweet tea. <laughs> so I think we're going to be properly and sufficiently... Um, hydrated for this yes, discussion. Yes. So Jesse and I last night we went to the movies mm-hmm. and we watched a film called Ant-Man and the Wasp. So Jesse, rundown. What's the synopsis of this film, basically? Uh, you can kind of help me out with this, but it's pretty much
0: two years after the events of Civil War. Scott Lang, Ant-Man, is um, on house arrest for two years and probation for three years afterwards, I believe. Yeah. Um when we joined him in the movie it's he has 3 days left on his house arrest. Right. So instead of running away with Captain America to go fight more injustice, he decided to stay behind, take his punishment as part of a plea deal and for found, violating
1: the Sokovia Accords. Yes, yes. He and one of the characters uh what was his name Agent Wu? Yes, Agent Wu. He looks down at at Cassie who is um Scott Lang's daughter Yes. and he like <laughs> in a very <laughs> patient, childlike way specifically details the specific like chapter, verse, article. That's... I love how he was like, Daddy did a bad thing, and he
0: uh, graffitied the wall, but he went to Germany and graffitied the wall there with Captain America.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, so he violated Sokovia Accords and instead of going to jail or to prison, um, he ended up taking a plea deal. Which 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 enabled him to spend time with his family. Yes. With his daughter. He took family over crime fighting. Right. And I should also point out that at this point in the movie when we um meet Scott Lang, you know, he's estranged, I should say, from Hope and Hank. Yes. They're kind of on the run, because when he violated the Sokovia Accords, he was using the Ant-Man costume or suit that Hank had built. Which is his technology. It was his technology, so they were looking for him as well. Mm-hmm. So they were they had to, like, pack up all their stuff, and they were living on the run. And so that's where we pick up in the movie. Um, I should also point out, if you're listening to this, there will be Spoilers we will ruin ant-man or i guess we should say no i will ruin it i'm going to ruin it yeah we're going to we're going to spoil it for you <laughs> so if you have not seen the movie and you would like to please turn this podcast off or and if
0: you're you- sick like me and you enjoy listening to stuff like this before you even go to watch a movie enjoy enjoy Did it.
1: thoughts of the film, Jesse? I liked it, mm-hmm. but I mean
0: it's not one of the best Marvel movies I've seen. Uh-huh. But it is also not one of the worst. I think
1: Ant-Man, the Wasp and Ant-Man are mid-tier to me. I look at both of those films, and I, I love them both. Mm-hmm. So I look at Ant-Man and the Wasp as being a palate cleanser. So we had this really dark yeah. Avengers movie, The Infinity War. And the snapshot occurs Wipes out half of humanity across, Mm -hmm. well, half of all existence across the universe, right? It's a very dark film. I left that movie crying, spoiler, after Spider-Man dies. Yeah. I don't feel so good. You're
0: alright.
1: I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Sir, please. Please, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. To go from that dark film to this very upbeat, happy film Mm -hmm. was a bit of a, a palate cleanser it was a nice kind of respite from the darkness yeah. for the Russo Brothers film. And I think this is a good choice to have as a palate cleanser after Infinity War. Because
0: when I left Infinity War, I was just like, where's, where's the rest of the movie? Yeah. This isn't it. You know, this is a superhero movie. These guys aren't supposed to be dying.
1: It can't end here.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I just sat down and waited for the next one to start. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then you come in with this one and it's tons of jokes. It's very really
1: life. It's just awesome. Felt nice. I, I, my initial thought was that it was hilarious. To it me, was. to me, Paul Rudd is so funny. I, when I was growing up, he was in the movie Clueless, and he was uh, with the blonde chick, Alicia Silverstone's older um, stepbrother. Yeah, and he was hilarious in the movie, and he is still hilarious in Ant Man. And I think that's what makes this movie so different. It's it's an action movie that relies on comedy, mm-hmm. and I, I loved how they would have these fight sequences that included humor. And, and they relied on the ability of the technology to shrink them or to make them grow large. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues that was in the film that kind of handicapped Scott Lang, if you will, was the fact that his suit wasn't working properly. So he would yes. push the button and he would shrink really small, or he would grow larger without intending to. And the reason for that is because there's
0: two suits. There's the original suit that he wears in Ant-Man, I think. Right. And then there's this suit that's more updated and it looks nicer and all that stuff, but it's still a prototype. And the reason it's a prototype is because Hank was building a new one and the old one was under the assumption that it was destroyed. Right. Which Scott Lang did not destroy it. He just stuck it underneath the trophy that... That his daughter gave him that said best grandma. Yeah,
1: world's best grandma. Yeah, world's best grandma. (laughs) And that's a whole hilarious scene where he and Hope basically break into his daughter's elementary school because she takes the trophy for show and tell. Yes. And of course... His suit malfunctions, and he grows large, and then he like kind of shrinks down to the size of a midget. Well, I can't mm-hmm. say midget. I guess like little. someone who's vertically challenged. Gosh, we gotta be politically correct on here. And mm-hmm. You gotta go. Can't call him a dwarf. Do you yeah, call him know. dwarfs? Little people. I don't know. Little people. Are we gonna put this in the podcast? This is this is. <laughs> I'll take this all out. <laughs> okay, this is garbage. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I thought it was really good. W- w- okay, Jesse, was it better than the first one?
0: No. No. No, I think Ant Man was a lot better than Ant Man. Or not, I'm gonna take that back. It was not a lot better, but it is better than Ant Man and the Wasp. Explain. Both Ant Man movies uh, suffer from very weak villains. Okay. Right. I feel like the first one, um, I don't even remember his name, it's Tony's Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket, yeah. He, Um. you start off with him, and he's, you kind of feel there's already something off about him. Right. And as the movie progresses, he snaps, and then he becomes the Yellow Jacket, and sweet. You know, you're not the right. best villain, but the most okayest villain. Right. Then you go into Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I feel like there was never really a villain that I felt posed a threat. You know, there's the ghost. Right. Whatever. Then there was, what was the ghost's, uh, her, like, handler's name? Bill Foster. Bill Foster. Who was Goliath in the comics. Yes. Who died in Civil War. Um, the him, comic Civil War. Yes, he was. He was never really a threat at all because he's kind of he's trying to be this evil bad guy, and then Scott Lang. I thought he was trying to be helpful of Ghost. Yes, which I've, in turn I feel like Marvel trying to be like, hey, he's trying to help the bad guy. You know, he's a bad guy too, but Scott Lang's daughter is now trying to Facetime him, and he lets her answer the phone. Or hey, Hank's faking a heart attack, and he's going to get the, the heart, heart medicine right. And then she's like, "Hey, what if we just kidnap Ant Man's family?" And then he's like, "No, we cannot kidnap that family. That is not what we do here. If you lay a hand on her, I won't help you anymore." Exactly. And you know, there's that, there's that too. And then what is the other guy's name? The Southern dude, Sunny
1: Birch, who's played by the dude from Django Unchained, where he called him DeJango. Django, you black son of a bitch! Do you sound heavy? Yes, yes. That's Walton Goggins. The well, Django!
0: So there's him. Yeah. And you know he was okay. You know, I felt like he was the entry-level bad guy. Right. That should have led into the ghost. You know, and that's kind of what they lead up to at the beginning of the movie. Right. When they're going to buy all this technology from him. Right. And then he stops and goes, hey, I know what you're doing. I want a piece of this, and I want to sell your business for, for X billion, amount of money. For a billion dollars. Yeah, that was the opening bid. Right. You know, so he goes, I want to sell it for X amount of money, blah, 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 blah. And then the ghost shows up, and she starts stealing stuff. Yeah. And that was in my head. I was like, okay, he's no longer going to be the bad
1: guy. That's the new bad guy. Right. See, I I had the opposite opinion. Okay. I liked Ghost as a villain. Mm-hmm. And Bill Foster. Not so much... Sunny Birch, But the problem that Marvel has had, and in the next episode, you'll hear me and my other guest debate um, which universe is best, Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. My problem, Marvel. I, I <laughs> spoiler, yeah. <laughs> but the problem I have with Marvel, and I love the MCU, is that they've had weak villains. Mm-hmm. Basically, all the villains have the same power or same motivation as the hero. Like, think of Iron Man 1. Right? Mm-hmm. They both have Iron Man suits and they're dueling it out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this villain in Ant Man the Wasp, she actually has a different motivation and she has a different power. So instead, okay. of, instead of being like another person who could shrink or grow, kind of like the Yellow Jacket, right? Yeah. She actually has a different motivation. She has um, this life threatening issue where mm-hmm. her. She's she, in constant pain. Because she's, she's got some atomic issue, her
0: atoms are always splitting. Right, and so and they're she, always reconnecting and stitching themselves. So she's always in constant
1: pain and she's phasing. phasing. She's phasing in and out of different, um, I guess, like, phases. Mm. I can't, I'm not very well articulate. We're not Hank Pym and right. Hope Van Dyne. We'll just add quantum in front of every word. Yeah. <laughs> she's quantum phasing, but constantly, and it causes her pain. And so her motivation isn't so much that she's evil, per se. It's that she's... Trying to bring herself some relief, she's trying to end this suffering with some kind of um, healing, and she wants to basically tap into um, the quantum verse or the quantum realm to get mm-hmm. the energy to heal herself, and that's that's her motivation. There is to heal herself, and Bill Foster, um, played by Lawrence Fishburne, is helping her. So I, I thought that was I thought that was really a good character. I I actually had the opposite opinion. I thought she was really good. I mean, she was good, but like I said, they're okayest. It's She's not... Okay, so that's another (laughs) issue. Okay, so the one thing I like about movies like Spider-Man Homecoming, Mm -hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp, is they're local. They're local issues, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like the Avengers with Ultron trying to take over the world—a global scale, not worldwide a, event. Not even universal, right? It's not—it's yeah. not Thanos trying to just wipe out half of humanity. It's someone locally who's got a small level issue, and so I think that's what separates out Ant-Man from like the Avengers movies, mm-hmm. right? So for, for me, I, I, I liked this one better. I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp better because I'm so tired of origin stories, right? Yeah, I think we're past that point now and and it's, I want to just move into the story I don't want to spend a lot of time like who's Scott Lang why is he in trouble like what's going on mm-hmm. how does he get the Ant-Man suit no we come right into the story we know who he is we know the situation and we just get right into the, the action yeah and so I, I prefer that More than the first one. And, you know, they kind of had a cold opening with the movie.
0: That's right, so explain that. Um, I barely remember it, but I just know that the trailers end, and then out of nowhere, it's Ant-Man. It was a a jarring start. Yeah. It was like, whoa, the movie started, okay. I was like, do they... Accidentally press play too soon or what's (laughs) happening here? Um, But yeah, there's a cold open. I kind of liked it. It kind of confused me, threw me
1: off because they don't really do cold opens too often. Right. So the the cool thing with that was I believe it takes place in 1987 because um, Hope is a little girl. Mm-hmm. Right? And Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays um, Janet Van Dyne, Hank's wife, yep. right? she basically is telling telling Hope as a, as a small child, you know, I'm going away, we're going on a mission, it's going to be super Last boring. Last minute business trip. I'm going to be falling asleep, it's so boring. Well, spoiler alert: she basically goes sacrifices Hank and sacrifices herself in trying to stop a nuclear warhead. Mm-hmm. She saves thousands, if not millions, of people's lives by going to the subatomic level, and she's lost. Mm-hmm. And I should also mention they show Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas from 1987, and they look really young. Marvel used the de-aging technology that they used in Guardians of the Galaxy with um, Kurt Russell, that they used with um, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. Yes, yes, yes. That de-aging technology. Well, they're going to use that de-aging technology in Captain Marvel. Samuel L. Jackson will be de-aged for the entire movie because the Captain Marvel movie will be a prequel. It will take place during the 90s. Yes. So anyway, look forward To that. And the only person to have gone into that subatomic level, the quantum level, was Scott Lang, and he came out. Yes. The movie basically begins with Scott having a dream after that, Mm -hmm. and calls Hank and... Who he he has not had
0: contact with. Right. Because even the FBI agents show up to his house, and, you know, they do the typical... Hey, have you heard from Hank? We know that they used to be your friends or whatever. Where they at? Yeah, where are they at? And he goes, I don't have any contact with them. After they left, he pulls out a cell phone that he's, you know, hidden inside the an electrical outlet. Mm-hmm. Gives him a call and immediately, he, you know, he's leaving a voicemail. Yeah. And even in there, he says, hey, Hank, I don't even know if this is your phone number anymore. I just had a dream about your wife. And then I became your wife. Not in a weird way. Yeah, and he <laughs> it gets awkward and he goes, you know what, never mind. I've said this out loud. It sounds stupid. Right. Goodbye. Moments later, he's then... Attacked by a bug. Yes. And he's kidnapped.
1: And... He passes
0: out. Mm, he wakes up. Yes. And, and he's been kidnapped. That leads into a funny point where the, uh, he's like, hey, I'm on house arrest. Like, they're going to know I'm not home and I'm going to lose all this stuff I've worked towards. Because he's got, got like, an ankle bracelet. Yes. And he goes, oh, don't worry. We've got you covered. And then it shows a, an ant who's been Large. human-sized. Right wearing his ankle bracelet. And they're like, don't worry, he's been trained to do everything that you do. Nine hours in bed, five hours on the couch, and... Blah, 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 doing other stuff. In the bathroom, playing drums. Two hours in the bathroom, whatever that's about.
1: Right. So that's happening there. So that's how how they keep the FBI from looking into him. Because Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie, his foot accidentally goes through the fence when he's, like, playing with his daughter. Yeah. And the FBI comes in. They raid his whole house. He's like, my foot went out the fence. I'm sorry. It was an accident. I'm not trying to escape. I've only got three days left. Why would I run away? Yeah. Right.
0: So he's kidnapped and he's brought to this place um, where Hank and Hope are hiding. And, you know, they give him a rundown of what they've been doing. Yeah. And goes, hey, we opened up the door to the Quantum Realm for a split second. Yeah. And he goes, oh, well, that sucks. And he goes, well, after we opened it, <coughs> five minutes later, you called us. Yeah. And he goes, well, you know, maybe it's just a coincidence. You know, I just had a dream that I was playing hide-and-seek. Mm-hmm. And Hope goes, hold on, like, you are playing hide-and-seek. And he goes, yeah, well, I was in a wardrobe. Or, he says, like... I was in a cabinet or something. I was in a large cabinet. They're like, yeah, that's a wardrobe. Um, I was like, oh, that's what they're called? And Hope starts describing this wardrobe. Was Mm -hmm. it red? Did it have horses on it? Was there a little girl in there? Yeah. You know, and that's all stuff that Hope had did with her mother when she was a little kid. So at that point, they say, there's something going on. Somehow, Janet has... Attached herself to you in some way Entangled Yes, they have. that's
1: the word they use She's entangled with you Quantum entanglement Yes, <laughs> Just throw quantum in front of everything So basically what happened was When Scott went into the, um, the quantum realm When he went subatomic When you watch the first Ant-Man You see like a brief moment Where Janet Van Dyne is in there mm-hmm. You see her for like a brief second In that moment she kind of implanted a message So that later in the film When they build their what is it, like a portal or quantum portal? A tunnel. A tunnel. That's what they call it, a quantum tunnel. Yes. When they when they start it up, when they open up the quantum realm and they turn on the tunnel, Scott loses his consciousness, basically, and he's taken over by Janet's consciousness. Yes. And she helps them um, locate where she's at specifically, mm-hmm. and she shows them how to put in the right algorithm to operate the To machine, find her. To find her. Which leads to a very awkward moment because, you know, there's Scott, Who's being possessed basically by <laughs> Janet Van Dyne? And he's holding Hank's hand and like caressing um, Hope's face. Yeah. It's a very touching moment, but it's awkward because it's just Paul Rudd. It's hilarious because it's Paul Rudd at that. <laughs> so funny. Paul Rudd, the PG, PG 13, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, so what were some, what were the pros and cons of this film? Were, give me a few pros. I think one huge
0: pro, and I know you're going to agree with me, is Michael Peña, playing oh, Luis. Yeah. He is hilarious. That whole X con group of guys mm-hmm. with uh, Michael Peña, T.I., and I, I don't know the Russian guy's name, but all those guys are hilarious mm-hmm. together. That's a huge pro. The Michael Peña's storytelling, I think, is hilarious. There's a part where they've been given like, some truth serum essentially, yeah. and the bad guys are like it's not truth serum, there's no such thing that doesn't exist, and he's like I don't know man, this sounds like truth serum mm-hmm. and so he gives him questions and he tries to lie, but then he gives him the real truth, the honest answer, and he goes, see this is truth serum, he's like, "God, it's not
1: truth serum <laughs> and it turns out that it basically is truth It serum. is essentially truth serum Oh, see, that's complicated. Because when I first met Scotty, he was in a bad place. Now I'm not talking about Cell Black D. His wife had just filed for divorce. And I was like, damn, homie, she dumped it you when you're on lockup." And he was like, yeah, I know, I thought I was going to be with her forever. But now I'm all alone. And I was like, damn, homie, you know what? You got to chin up, because you'll find a new partner. But you know what? I'm Luis. And he says, you know what? I'm Scotty, and we're going to be best friends. OK, hold on,
0: hold on. <laughs> I like a good story as much
1: as the next person, but what in the hell does this have to do with where Scott Lang is? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You put a dime in him, you got to let the whole song play out. Yeah, Michael Peña, hilarious. So basically, Scott's trying to start his own business, which he calls ex-cons, because, which is true, it's really hard for ex-cons to get work. Yeah. And so he's starting his own security business, because he's like the mastermind at, um, you know, breaking into places, basically. And
0: it's hilarious because there's... um, they're going through financial troubles as a company. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to crack down on, like, the breakfast budget. Right. So they get some, like, danishes or something like that. And he's like, what are you getting those for? Like, we have, you know, oatmeal here. like, we don't want the oatmeal. It tastes like sand. He's like, <laughs> no, you just put some cinnamon and brown sugar on it. It tastes good. Or they go to get to their van washed. Yeah. And they're like, oh, did you get all the work?" He's like, yeah, I even got the undercarriage uh, wash job. And they're like, why would you get that? That's only necessary in, like, snowy states. Like... They just upsold you for nothing.
1: Yeah, so basically, and, and what's his name, Luis? Yeah. He um, admits when he's under the True Serum that the business is about to go under and they all freak out. His name's Dave and Kurt. So T.I. plays Dave and the, the Russian dude is Kurt. Okay. Also, I want to point out at the Ant Man and the Wasp premiere, Kevin Feige wore an ex cons hat. Nice. And people were all freaking out, like, "Oh, is this like some kind of message? Like, is is he trying to like on the down low like promote X Men? Like, eventually getting X Men?" Uh, Well, no. Lo and behold, he was just promoting. You know Scott Lang's business in the film at the premiere. Yes, yes, yeah. So I think I think Michael Pena stole the show. He was he was hilarious, and when he yeah. was when he opened that box of the tiny cars and was able to expand that purple car with the flames. Yeah, he was loving the it. The perfect Hot Wheels car. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was. I love that scene where he's he's sitting in the van with Hope, and he says. Yeah, yo, I want I want a suit with some powers, you know? Maybe like maybe you'd like a suit with like limited powers. Hey, I'd be fine with a, a suit with no powers. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Michael Pena, congratulations to you! You did a great job with Ant Man and the Wasp. And Luis, let's see a con. Sorry, wait. Okay. In my second beer here. Go ahead. A con in the movie I've already touched on it was I feel like the villains. The villains are okay, you know. I. I think they're good. I don't think they're bad. Um, what's another con that I can think of very quickly? I had yeah. so few cons in this movie. There is few Honestly. cons. That's why I'm having a hard time thinking of them now. Um, I would have to say that I feel like there's no big repercussion in this movie. In no my big opinion, consequences. no big consequences. There's ghost who's gonna die, but because I felt so eh about her, I could didn't matter, care less if she died. Right. And then there's the house arrest situation with Scott. You know, right. I, I really cared about that one personally because mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't want to see this guy get taken away from his daughter. That was what drove me actually. Yeah. I'm, I love that part. But at the same time, I'm like, but he's a superhero, so if he just kind of but see, he his... left one day. But I think he's one of the few, if not the only. If you could probably
1: correct me on this. Superhero that has a kid. Um, Did you forget about Hawkeye in Civil War? Because a whole family living on a ranch. Yeah, that's why he left off the grid. F that guy. Okay, he's gone though. (laughs) He's gone. So, so what I loved about that though was that Ant Man basically said to his daughter, Look, you know, I I don't want to mess it up for you. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to be free for you. And his daughter's like, You got to be a hero, Dad. Like, go out there. And that really inspired him to just be like, Yeah, you're right. I need to get out there. I need to save Hope. I need to save Hank.
0: Yeah. Or you know what is a quick little con that I can think of? As I get more and more into movies and cinematography and whatnot, I am starting to not like movies that have tons of quick cuts. Oh, so there was a an, the opening scene when Hope is trying to buy a quantum regulator, whatever it is. I yeah. what it is, And you know she turns into the wasp and she's like flying around. The bad guys are shooting, and you know she's punching stuff. But there's so many cuts. Quick shots, yeah. It just goes back. And forth and back and forth. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, it's a superhero movie. Like, right. these happen very often. But I felt like in that moment, uh-huh. it didn't need that many sense. quick shots. Mm. And I think that was the only part of the movie where I really noticed it was very, it happened a lot. There's an abundance of it. Right. So,
1: little con in that area for right. me. I, I can't think of too many cons. Mm-hmm. I think the one big con I have. Is this? There are so many great moments in the movie where they use the um, Hank Pym's technology, right to shrink or go large or what have you. Yes, I love that scene where they throw the Pez dispenser, the Hello Kitty Pez dispenser, and it like, and then Hope shoots it with the Pym particles and it grows huge and knocks over all the motorcyclists. I love that stuff. The con is I saw all of it in the trailer. Yeah, there was nothing in the movie that was mind blowing. That wasn't in the trailer. Yeah, you're right. I think that's the con. I would, I would have loved to have just like the Same scene where that movie, eighty feet, eighty five feet tall. Right, you we see that in the trailer. Everything was in the trailer. So to go back to the first Ant Man movie, I don't recall in the trailer, any of the trailers, you know, seeing Yellow Jacket get run over by the Thomas the Tank engine. Yeah, that was one of the best moments of that movie because it looks so dramatic, you know, and then mm-hmm. like it. Pulls back into that little tiny train Beep. 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 and just kind of casually falls over, but it looks <laughs> it looks so dramatic from yeah. their miniature perspective, and I love those scenes. But in the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp, they put all that great stuff in the trailer, so yeah. there weren't that many surprises per se. In you know, visually, visually,
0: yeah, and I think we can segue from that part when we talk about surprises, and we can go to there was no real big Avengers four. You know, any Easter eggs, I felt like, in the main part of the film. Right. You get to the post credit scene, and that's when we get something. You know, so the end of the movie happens, and it works out for everyone. Yeah. Scott Lang is taking off a house arrest. They get Janet out of the quantum realm. She comes back with some quantum powers where she can she sort heals of heal go ghost. so she's not dying as much. Right. And then they make some device to where they can go in the quantum realm, uh, take some healing quantum energy, energy, and then he can resize back and come back. Right. So, they've kind of got to figure out now how to go in and come back out quickly. Yeah. Um, so, this is the post-credit scene. Scott Lang has gone into the quantum realm. Yeah. He's collecting the energy, and, you know, Hope is telling him, all right, we're going to bring you back in five, four, three, cut's yeah. out. You know, and then we are only on Scott. So By the way, we have, you and I both knew what happened. Yes, we were sitting there. We totally knew it was going to happen. Scott is just sitting there, and he's like, what the heck is going on? Like In hey. the quantum realm, subatomic. Yes, and he's like, hey, guys, bring me back. Ha ha, really, really funny. And then it shows us where they were, and it's just ashes. It's ashes. Falling to the ground. Snapture. Yes, and that was epic. I was like, holy sh." Yeah. What is. Because one, he can't come out himself. He's stuck in the realm. Yeah. And the only three people that knew where he was at and how to get him out mm-hmm. are gone. Are gone. And then that leads into the credit scene. And all it says is Ant Man and the Wasp will return. Question mark. Yes. And then the question mark fades in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So I remember reading some theories that Ant-Man and the Wasp are supposed to have really big roles in Avengers 4. Yeah. Because they were pretty much the only superheroes that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Besides Hawkeye, whatever that guy.
1: Sorry, Jeremy Renner. I know yeah. you're listening. I'm sorry we're insulting your character. <laughs> yeah, you've gone downhill with that character. Sorry, sir. You were, you were great in um, James Bond. Yeah. Woo! Oh, wait, no, that was, that was Daniel Craig. Sorry, never mind. You were good in... At looking like Daniel
0: Craig. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, and now we don't know what's going to happen. This, I felt right. like, was going to give me some answers, and once again, Marvel's done it. I don't know what's going to happen. I,
1: I have an idea of what's going to happen. Okay. So at several points in the movie, they mention time vortexes. They mention parallel realities. Yes. I think, and if you look at the pictures from the set of Avengers 4, Mm-hmm. You see an older Tony Stark. Yeah. And they have these weird devices on their hands. Like watches that attach to their palms. Yeah. So it may very well be that they figure out how to use the quantum realm to either go into parallel realities to retrieve the Infinity Stones... Mm-hmm. Or they figure out how to travel back in time. Now, we know for sure, because of the Russo brothers, that they used the BARF technology, the binarily augmented retro framing, which was a hilarious joke in Civil War. But they used that technology, apparently, to look back at moments when the, the stones were available. But uh, and, and one of the things, casting-wise, I thought was interesting was, well, first of all, Robert Downey Jr., He's got, old, he's got, like, it looks like grayer or blonder hair. So yeah. he's aged. Mm-hmm. But they put out a casting call for um, Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, 10 years older. So the assumption is that um, Avengers 4 will pick up 10 years from when we last left them. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. That will be interesting. And I think I think Ant-Man shows several ways for them to use that technology without having access to Doctor Strange's Time Stone. Mm-hmm. There was anything else that you saw? I was kind of in that zone
0: of watching Ant-Man and the Lost and just trying to enjoy that mm-hmm. and not look too far into other areas. Oh, uh, yeah. I did notice all the time references and stuff like that, and I've noticed that on some other YouTube videos where people mm-hmm. talk about it. So I wasn't too focused on it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I, I think Marvel is really good at weaving things in, planting yeah. like, seeds in previous films that will come to fruition in later films. Mm-hmm. So, for example, it was, I think, the... Was it the first Iron Man or the second Iron Man movie? I think it was the first one. Tony Stark says to Jarvis, Hey, go ahead and can you retrieve It's the Second Iron Man. Second Iron Man? Yeah, retrieve yeah, the, the Pegasus, retrieve the Goliath. And, Goliath. and well it turns out that the Goliath Project this was something planted in the second Iron Man movie. Which, which came out in two thousand ten. Something like nine, that. Nine, yeah. And here we are, two thousand and eighteen, Ant-Man the Wasp, and Bill Foster says, I worked on the Goliath project with Hank Pym. hmm Right? So I, I love how Marvel does that. And I'm sure there are clues in this film, and by the way, in Captain Marvel, which will play out in Avengers 4. Yeah. So what do we have left? We
0: have one movie left before Avengers 4? Yeah. Captain Marvel. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. It's going to be good. And then after Avengers 4? It's free game. Free game. And then a new phase, a new set of heroes... It'll be kind interesting. So, any last thoughts on Ant Man and the Wasp? Ant Man and the Wasp. I give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. So, using your ranking, I give it a solid A minus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I like. It, it wasn't the best. It's kind of like it was a little better than Solo. Yeah. In that, I'd you say know, so. It's good, entertaining. Is it like an important, groundbreaking film? Yeah. No. it was entertaining it was funny I laughed I enjoyed it yeah go watch it it was a good uh, movie pass reviewing Ah, I I need to get movie pass so badly that's all for this bonus episode thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast you could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts such as Stitcher Podbean Google Play or iTunes And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find the show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you very soon. Bye, Jesse. Alrighty, bye. Take care. Peace.